0: My conscious Co-Creators, welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you were here with me today, uh, whether you're here on talkradio.nyc or on the Facebook live stream. Uh, welcome, Kai. Thank you. Bahar, oh, thank you for joining me. I know you were just listening to Elizabeth Tripp's show, and uh, I'm very happy that you decided to stick around and listen in on mine as well today we have a special show no guests so you get me your conscious consultant for the next 60 minutes um, talking about well today I'll get into that but first we have our quotes of the day as usual and of course just a quick reminder to all those watching on the Facebook live stream if you're enjoying my show Please share the video. Let's, let's get it out there. Thank you, Kai. Yes. And welcome, Joe Sam. Oh, another regular listener. All right. So let's go for our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. For simply giving thanks, when you lie down to sleep each night or from time to time, for no reason or rhyme, you'll begin to move with life and... Instead of against it, you'll be shown that life could not possibly be more beautiful than it already is. You'll see that you are the fountainhead of your experience. You'll remember that you transcend all things time and space, and thus are their very master. And you'll find that you live in a paradise where the only thing that truly seems impossible is how powerful you really are and how much you are loved. What else would you think about anyway? Phew, the universe. Uh, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in The Universe. And oh boy, getting lots of love on the Facebook live stream. Welcome, Julian, Debian, Dell, Jennifer, Victoria. Oh wow, we're really building up on the Facebook live stream. So, oh my God, this is such an applicable quote for today because it's talking about life, <laughs> which is what we're related to what we're talking about. So, Really, the universe is encouraging us to just remember to simply give thanks, not for any particular reason, not because. uh oops, Debbie Ann says she can't see me. Hmm. Let me know if anybody else has problems with the video, but it looks to me like I can see me. Um. Uh, that just giving thanks of how important that is. And that when we give thanks, it actually helps to empower us. It actually takes us to literally a higher vibration. Um, And I I remember a couple of years ago, someone even told me there was a report that um, a bunch of psychologists, I think, had done some studies at a university. And they were sort of measuring sort of energetically how people um, responded to different emotions and, and and sort of what came up. And what they found was that when people were in gratitude, energetically, it was the strongest and, and highest vibration that they could be in. And so remembering that to be in gratitude, even if we have no good reason for it, and, and we always have a good reason for it, 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 it just takes us and and propels us into a more powerful version of ourselves and from that vantage point, when we are able to to have so much gratitude for what is in the world and what is in life around us, then we begin to realize that we truly are creators. You know I remember years ago when I first started talking about in my meetings and my seminars about how we create our life. We create our world. And, and I got a lot of pushback from people initially because it would be like, what do you mean we create? I didn't create this. Look at this horrible situation I'm in. And, and so a lot of people, when they're faced with this idea that we are creators and that we are really powerful and that we're responsible, right? We're responsible for all the good stuff, but it means we're also responsible for the not so good stuff. And so that concept can be very hard for some people to to grasp, not not to grasp, but just to accept because when life doesn't feel like it's going that well, when it feels like there's a lot of adversity and a lot of difficulty in our lives, it's like, how could I possibly create this? But when there's a lot of good stuff going on, it's like, oh, yeah, I created that. Ooh, did you see that? Look, I just got this great job. Oh, I created that. Oh, my God, I manifested this amazing apartment in New York City. I created that. Why are the neighbors so noisy keeping me up all night long? Oh, I didn't create that. Oh, my God, the the, the garbage trucks outside are making so much noise. I didn't create that. It, it's amazing how we're so quick and willing to accept responsibility when the things that are pleasing to us come up or that we judge as good come up. But when the things that aren't so good, we, uh, I'm not sure, I didn't create this. Well, I'm sorry to tell you. And and if people don't have quite as hard a time about this, I, I find now as they used to. But if we create anything in our lives, then we create everything in our lives. Now, the thing is, if we can have more gratitude, especially for the things that irk us, that knock us out of balance sometimes, that cause us some 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 uncomfortability. If we can show gratitude for that, then we can start to shift. We can shift first, judging that that thing that's making us uncomfortable. It is, is something bad? And then we can shift and then we can start to truly accept that we really do create everything in our lives. Is it easy? Nah, it depends on our attitude towards it. It's as easy as we allow it to be. Is it a habit? Not necessarily for most of us until we put a little effort in. But the more we focus on it and the more we focus on gratitude, the more it does become a habit, the more we do see that we are masters of time and space. And this is very much at the heart of when I do my spoon bending workshop of how much our energy, our attitude, our... Vibration. I, I don't know just what else to say, but how much of that is our responsibility and how much that affects the world around us. And if you don't believe me, just look at your interactions with people when you show up from a place of gratitude or when you show up from a place of grumpiness or victimhood or despair, anger, depression, pick whatever you want. Notice how different your interactions are depending on how you show up. Yes, thank you, Dell. Hashtag we are creators. Julie, welcome to the Facebook live stream. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Okay, a wonderful quote from the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. As you practice your more positive, better-feeling story... In time, your pleasure will become the dominant vibration within you. And then, as you couple your pleasure with your means of earning, the two will blend perfectly and enhance each other. There is no better way to earn money than to do the things that you love to do. Money can flow into your experience through endless avenues. It is not the choice of the craft that limits the money that flows but only your attitude towards money. Abraham. Ah, oh, a wonderful quote from Abraham, now sort of taking this idea of gratitude and now applying it to something very specific. Money. Right? Money is one of those topics that tends to be very triggering for us. And we tend to look at you know, how much money we're making As a reflection of our self-esteem, as a reflection of how good we're doing, as a reflection of a whole bunch of stuff, because that's the way society in general is, doesn't mean we have to buy into that. But what Abraham is saying is that as you practice your positive, better-feeling story, this is very, very key, small word, big importance, everything is a story inside our heads everything about the world around us about the meaning behind things it's all made up by us some of us have amazing stories i am this incredible being of light and i can do anything in my life and that can be very empowering others of us have a different story Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, my parents weren't happy with my choices, so I didn't please them, so I'm obviously not good enough. Oh, my friends always leave me because I I have so many problems. Oh, I have this, I have that. If we create a disempowering story around our experiences in life, we're not going to feel very good. But when we change the story to one that supports us, that empowers us, that makes us feel good to be who we are, then we can do incredible things. And when Abraham talks about money and earning money, one of the things that's very curious, again, Abraham said it's not your choice of craft. In other words, it's not what you do to earn money that makes a difference of how much money you're earning. It's about how much gratitude, as we talked about before, It's about how much pleasure. It's about how much joy do you have in doing it. You know, there are people who work as vendors on the streets of Manhattan selling bagels and hot dogs and other stuff. It's not easy work. But when you go to these different carts, it's quite interesting. You can see who really puts joy into what they're doing and who doesn't. And if you look, the people who put joy into it Somehow, there are always people waiting in line to buy something from them, even though they're selling the exact same thing that the guy down the block is. The more joy we put into what we're deciding to do to earn money, the more it will flow to us naturally. And this may sound a little woo-woo to you, but look at it from just a strictly practical point of view. If you're providing a product or a service to people. People like to work with people who are joyful. The happier and the more joyful you are about providing your product or service, the more people will respond to that. And they will naturally be more loyal customers. They will naturally refer you to their friends. They will naturally speak well of you. And you will naturally earn more. How much more you earn or how much more you get from that, is it somewhat related to what you're doing? Of course, of course. But you can be the most successful shine person in New York City and make a ton of money. And you can be an executive who is miserable at their job Who, although you're having a great salary, you're living high on the hog, you have a very high uh, standard of living, and there's no money in the bank, and there's no joy behind it. It is not about what you do. It is about the energy that you bring to what you do. And the same is true not only of our jobs, our careers, our vocations, how we earn money, the same is true about everything in our life. And when we come back from break, we're going to start delving into what does it mean to trust life and how important that is. And you, those who are on the Facebook live stream and those who are listening, whether you're live or on the podcast afterwards, you're in for a real special treat because I'm going to sort of illustrate the importance of trusting in life by using my own life as an example. So you're going to really get to know me really well, some of the things I've been through in my life, and how trusting has really made the difference for me. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc.
2: 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I, I really, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of the, the listeners and people on the Facebook live stream interacting. Uh, Julia, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very grateful that you love what I'm doing. And Lisa, uh, thank you for, for joining in. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, Madison just joined us on the Facebook live stream and he's actually did a show for a short time with us and has been talking about possibly coming back. So Madison, let me know when you're ready to return to the sh- to the station. So Today's topic. Yes, trust. (laughs) Thank you, Madison. Trust is so, so important. And it's important for us. It's important because trust makes our life so much easier to live. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's easier when we trust. So trusting in life what does that look like you know i know so many a-type personalities that from the time they were in like high school they had their life planned out for them i'm going to do i'm going to graduate i'm going to go to this college i'm going to study this and i'm going to graduate and i'm going to work for the company i'm going to become this i'm going to become that whatever and and they have all these plans and all these ideas and then what happens they get to college and who knows, maybe they don't do so well in the topic they thought they were going to major in. Maybe they meet somebody that totally changes their life. Maybe their life takes a total U-turn or a total you know, 90 degree turn that they go in a direction they never expected. And that's what happened to me. I mean, even the decision for what college I was going to go to, it's so funny. you know. I can look back. And we're talking, what, 35 years ago now? I had no idea this one simple choice, what college would I go to, how much it would affect the entire rest of my life. So at the time, you know, I went to Bronx High School of Science. I did okay. I wasn't great. I wasn't an A or an A-plus student like many of the kids were. I was more like a B or B-plus student. I applied to a lot of the state universities in New York State. And uh, in particular, I applied to Stony Brook, which is out on Long Island. And, and, I, and that was really, in my heart, that was like my first choice. And the only reason why it was my first choice is because some of the kids who were seniors when I was a junior ended up going there. And I knew a couple of other kids you know, in my class were going there. And they had a pretty good science program, and I intended to be a physics major. And I just thought, you know, oh, it would be good. I'll know people there. They have a good science program. It's a big school. You can party a little bit there. You know, that was really my first choice. And I got accepted. Wonderful. Except the day I was going to send back, you know, I filled out the little form saying, yes, I'm going to go there. I got a letter from another school that I applied to. And this school, I did not apply because I wanted to go to this school. I only applied because of my mom. Because my mom was a school teacher at, her, at the time. And a couple of the other teachers at her school, their husbands were professors at this school in New Jersey in Hoboken, Stevens Institute of Technology. And I went and we took a look and it had a nice campus and it was a small school I didn't really pay that much attention because I never intended on going there because I was set on going to Stony Brook. And what happened? The day I was going to send back my my acceptance to Stony Brook, I get a letter in the mail from Stevens saying, oh, you know, we're going to give you a, a, a grant for half of your tuition and a, and a student loan for the other half so pretty much all you're going to have to pay for your first year of college is room and board And I'm like oh crap and I was just thinking to myself you know if my mom was making such a big deal of this school and now I got this and if I don't accept it I'm like never going to hear the end of it she'll she'll complain for the rest of my life how all oh, my son turned down a scholarship from Stevens. And I really didn't know what to do. So, so I went to, there was one professor who I had when I was a senior. His name was Mr. Elenko, um, who's, who's since then, uh, a number of years ago, passed from cancer. And to be honest, I mean, I had a couple of teachers in, in high school that I liked, but no one that I really looked up to except for Mr. Elenko. And the funny thing was my best topics in high school were science and math. Mr. Olenko was a social studies teacher. I never got great good, good grades in social studies except for Mr. Olenko's class. I loved him. He was totally different than any other teacher I ever had. He was a character, but he 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 liked the students. He liked what he did, and it showed. And he believed in me, and I got you know the uh, ninety five or ninety six or ninety seven in his class because. I actually wanted to do the work. He motivated me, not out of fear, but out of inspiration to actually work in his class. So I go to Mr. Elenco, because he's the only one that I trust. I didn't trust the guiding counselor. I didn't trust any other teacher. I trusted Mr. Elenco. I said, Mr. Elenco, here's the situation. Stony Brook, Stevens, the letter, da-da-da, what do I do? And he very quickly said, oh, go to Stevens. It's a much better school, much better school. And I was a bit crestfallen. I was like, oh, okay. And I thought... I really trust this guy. All right, I'll go to Stevens. I'll trust life. I'll trust the, the signs that are in front of me. I go to Stevens. I hated the school. Hated the school. But I made some really good friends there. Met a lot of interesting people. And I actually met the person was responsible for putting me on my the initial spiritual path. Now, up until then, I was kind of questioning. I had some weird experiences that you couldn't explain. Uh, I, I you know, saw the hypocrisy in organized religion, and I was open, and I was questioning, but I didn't know what to believe in. And then I met somebody, kind of a strange person, someone who actually wasn't even going to Stevens at the time they actually had left the school like the year before after having gone for like a year and a half or so and then his dad died and stopped going and he was kind of a strange character and you know some of the other knew knew a bunch of kids and some of them made fun of him because he was a little weird but we used to talk till all hours of the morning and then kind of through my association with him, and then he met a couple of other people. He had transferred to another school in New Jersey. Um, And one of his friends learned about how to hypnotically regress people back to remember their past lives. Again, I'd been exposed to the idea of reincarnation in high school, and I thought, that makes a lot of sense, but I didn't really know much about it. So this one friend hypnotically regressed. This other friend of his this guy and this girl, back, and this woman remembered being an oracle at Delphi. Now, who were the oracles? These were the women who um, would essentially channel the gods and who the, 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 the ruling party at the time would consult with them about, you know, generals, should we go to war? The, the, the kings, the queens, you know, what do we do? And she remembered this lifetime, And then about a week later, she spontaneously started to channel spiritual beings. And this was the beginning of a whole spiritual experience that lasted probably, I shouldn't say lasted, but I was involved with for probably about 13 years. And a lot of things came out of that. And one of the things that came out of it after, you know, I left Stevens that year, I, I moved back to the Bronx, but it was easy to get there because of the PATH train. And so I would spend my weekends kind of coming back and hanging out with them. It was this kind of spiritual experience where we all had known each other in a life before, in a lifetime before. But what started to manifest was that my friend started exhibiting symptoms of mental illness. And one day when his friend came back from her psychology class and he was flipping through, he was very intelligent, very bright, Some probably one of the smartest people I've ever had as a friend, was flipping through the psychology book that from her class and he hit upon the chapter on schizophrenia and started reading what are all the symptoms of schizophrenia. And we looked at it together and he was a textbook case of schizophrenia hearing voices in his head, uh, uh, being self-destructive, just all these kinds of things. And so even though the, you could feel the energy and you knew like this was some kind of deep spiritual experience, there were still problems there. But I trusted life. This was what was in front of me. And when we come back from break... I'll let you know how that evolved and how trusting in life is not always easy and not always simple. And just because we trust in life doesn't mean that things will go the way we expect or the way we want. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good. So we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Hello, this is Bruce Chalmoff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach, Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics, including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do the show every Thursday, live, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for tuning in. Zena, it was so wonderful to reconnect with you a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for coming back. Brigitte, thank you for tuning in. By the way, in case anyone's wondering, you see this little uh, poster here behind me? It's a new poster I had printed up with my new Conscious Consultant logo. I hope you guys like it. Um, And there are big changes coming to theconsciousconsultant.com so stay tuned for that I will let you know when we launch the new website it's going to be really really cool when it comes out so I hope you enjoy it Ah, oh, yes. thank you Julia so last segment I was talking about trusting in life and how it led me to college and led me to meeting these people and getting involved in this spiritual experience and I said you know it's not always easy and it doesn't always go the way we expect and I ended up eventually, uh, helping out my friends. Um, my friend, his, his mom passed away around that time. He, none of his family would have anything to do with him and, and he was too sick to work. Um, and so I ended up starting to work part time while I was still going to college and I ended up helping out and we were trying to like work together. And so the idea behind it was that this person, because of his, um, uh, challenges that he needed the most amount of support first and then once we've kind of gotten through his 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 trauma that then you know we would each be taken care of. Unfortunately, because of his sensitive nature and because we were kids and because we were immature he didn't really get the help at the time that he truly, truly needed. That would have been what he needed to really heal the best from it. He refused to see a psychiatrist. He refused to see a psychologist. He was terribly afraid of being put on medication and being, quote-unquote, changed into something he wasn't. But I was there. I was helping him out. Why? I had so many people saying, Sam, it's not your responsibility. Why are you doing this? I did it because... It's where life had put me, and I knew that if I didn't help him, nobody else would. And it's not that I was responsible, but I felt that it was the right thing to do. And I eventually, we moved in together after a couple of years, and I I started working. And he started getting worse and worse and worse. And it became more and more and more difficult to deal with. And I remember, and even uh, I was I was uh, going, I was working in a bank as a teller initially, I'd leave early in the morning to get to the branch, I'd work as a teller during the day, then I'd go take some evening classes trying to finish up my degree at night, and I'd get back to the apartment in Jersey City, and I probably would get back 10, 11 o'clock, and then find out he had some psychotic incident or some break during the day, and I'd just sit there and talk with him until two, three, four o'clock in the morning and then get up seven o'clock again the next day, go to work, go to class. It was a very, very difficult time in my life. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do to live with someone who was schizophrenic and to have to go to work, go to class, come back and deal with his issues and then go back to work. And everybody was giving me a hard time about it. I literally had no friends anymore. Because nobody allowed me to do what I felt was right. And it was hard. It was really hard. And after a period of time, you know, I graduated. i I working, got a full-time job. I then even got an evening part-time job. Partially... I got the part-time job was just because we needed more money because he was breaking his glasses all the time and there was this problem and that problem and everything else and I was literally supporting the three of us, me, him, and his girlfriend, on just my salary and it was hard. But it was also an escape for me because that was extra time. I didn't have to be home. I didn't have to be dealing with his disease. And then I remember I was coming back and it wasn't even that late I think it was a Friday night it was one of those evenings when I didn't have to work late and somebody um mugs me on the way walking back from the path train station with a gun pointed in my face, scared as hell gave him my money he runs away i- run, I'm like a literally a block away from where I was living and I like I like walk back and and i'm and I'm on the street, before I go into the apartment, looking around, looking around, I see a cop car. I flag them down. I tell them what happened. They put it out there. They actually ended up catching the guy literally less than a block from the PATH train station. And the guy said to me, you are so lucky because if he had gotten on the PATH train, he would have been gone and they never would have found him. They actually, he had the money on that, that he took from me. I told them they gave it to me. Um, it worked out well. But then I knew it's like, I can't stay here. I I can't risk my life. And things kept getting worse and worse and worse. And we ended up even having to leave that apartment because we were behind on rent. I just, I couldn't live with them anymore. I could feel my own sanity starting to slip. And as much as I wanted to help, I knew I couldn't help that much anymore. So I moved back home. I lived with my mom for a while. They got a small apartment in another part of Jersey City. And I supported them still for another probably five, six years, maybe a little bit more. And I'd give them part of my paycheck. I actually then started hiding things from them because I needed a little bit of my own money. So then I started telling them I was making less than I really was because I just couldn't face them. I couldn't say you know, th- this is what it is. And then, you know, I I, I was like, I got to find a way to get out of this. I can't keep doing this the rest of my life. I quit my job and became a consultant. I told them I got fired. And, and and that was it. And then after that, didn't really hear from them that much. Maybe got a call once a month for a couple of months, and I didn't hear from them anymore. And after that, I was lost. I was just lost. I was like a ship at sea without a sail, without a rudder. Uh, I didn't know what to believe in. So much of my identity and so much of what I believed in about the universe, about the way things are, about who I was, was so tied up in the experience. And the fact that things went so bad, it was like, how could this be true? How could this be real and still be so bad? And so I I just, one foot in front of another, became a computer consultant, worked with a friend of mine. Uh, Eventually, we started a a video business in the anime industry, just one foot in front of another. Uh, Eventually, we sold that business to a company and then worked at that company that we sold it to for about six months or so, then left and started another company again, one foot in front of another, just, just... Where was going? I didn't know, I I just, I didn't know. And then slowly but surely, trusting in life, things started to shift and change. I met somebody, a woman who um, helped me to heal or helped me to at least start on my healing process. And then I got married to, (laughs) of all things, a psychotherapist. And the wonderful thing about her is she's so open to things that slowly but surely I, st- we, I got back into personal development, which was probably the things I learned in like Think and Grow Rich, The Magic of Thinking Big, Tony Robbins, people like that, when I was back in college, was part of what helped me to get through this difficult time of my life. Again, trusting somebody. Uh, had a ticket to the Millionaire Mind Intensive, a free one, went to it. Reminded me of like all this personal development stuff I'd learned and been into before. My wife was open to it, pulled out an old Tony e. Robbins tape, found an b- old book of his, got more, got some audio programs, went to a Tony Robbins program, met a group of people, started uh, learning about healing and learning about energetic healing and went and said, this guy presented about the Sedona Method, Remember, that was the first one. I was like, said to my wife, oh, I saw this great presentation tonight about the Sedona Method. You want to go? They're doing a workshop this weekend. She said, okay. Learned about the Sedona Method. The Journey Work by Brandon Bays. Oh, I saw this great presentation about the Journey Work. You want to go to it this weekend? Okay, sure. Learned about the Journey Work. Friend of mine said, oh, you know what? I work with this Reiki teacher. She's amazing. You like the Journey Work. You'll love this. Learned about Reiki. And slowly but surely, because I just said yes to what life was presenting to me, slowly but surely, first through healing, and then slowly but surely, very gingerly, very delicately, I stepped back onto the path of spirituality. I found a meetup group about metaphysics. I was like, hmm, let me check this out. Went, talked about all this interesting stuff. One woman there, her name was Lee. We, we hit it off, other people, I don't know, I didn't care for So another meetup group on spiritual ascension. Thought, huh, we used to talk about spiritual ascension. Went to this guy's class. So funny, he held it in his I, I thought it was so weird for a meetup group because every meetup group I'd been to up until that time was always like at a deli or at an office or a conference room or a restaurant i 'm walking down the street, looking at this address, and I realize, oh, this is at a residential building. this is at this guy 's apartment. I show up in his apartment i 'm like, "Hi, my name is Sam, and I look, and there 's the woman I met in the metaphysical meetup, and there 's a guy I met from Reiki, and they were like. I think there was about six or seven people in the room, and I knew five of them already. And they're like, oh, Sam, hey, come on in. I was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be here because almost everybody here I know, except for the teacher and one of the people. And then through this person, realized that, you know, started to study again about ascended masters, about spirituality, about, you know, these esoteric traditions again. And so by by studying these things and showing up again, just saying yes, I became one of his students and I started showing up every Monday night to class and being involved in his festivals, being involved in his seminars and stuff. And it was interesting because I realized for everybody else, a lot of the things they were hearing in the class was brand new to them or relatively new. But for me, a lot of what I had learned at that point was probably 20 to 25 years before. I had the foundation. I may not have had all the knowledge, all the details, but I had the background to it. Channeling wasn't new to me. The ascended masters weren't new to me. The, the Gnostic traditions, mysticism. I mean, this all wasn't new to me, but this guy had maybe a more robust knowledge or experience because he took a lot of, he had spent a lot of time studying different traditions throughout his life and i always thought it was so interesting because if i had come across this class like even a couple of years earlier i probably would have turned and just walked in the opposite direction that after my experience prior and having been so difficult and so lost from it And so now hurt, internally hurt by what had happened in a way that I just couldn't accept it. I couldn't trust it anymore. But because the universe, life, took me a small step by a small step by a small step through healing, through energy work, and then to metaphysics, and then back to spirituality, I was actually ready to resume my path. And when we come back from break, I'll let you know what's happened since then and how the Conscious Consultant was born. So please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
2: Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc talkingalternative.com
0: back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Thank you so much for all the love on the Facebook live stream. Julia, Dell, Ta, Bahar, Marcella. Hi, Marcella. It's been a while since I've seen you. I miss you. Um, but thank you all and thank you for indulging me in my story. I'm glad you're all um, taking something from this. And again, we're talking about trusting in life. So, I've been put back on my spiritual path. I been studied spiritual ascension with this guy. And I also learned, and this time I was prepared for it, that, you know, sometimes spiritual teachers are not necessarily doing their own work or they have their own issues and it shows up in different ways. So eventually something came up and our relationship kind of came apart and I stopped working with him. Again, just saying yes, but, but the people who were involved in the group, I was still very friends. I'm st- friends with these, many of these people up until today. As a matter of fact, uh, at the New Life Expo, I just caught up with, uh, with one of the guys from that group who uh, I haven't seen in five, six years. Um, and so I continued on my path. Uh, there was a, a, a another spiritual group I joined for a while, but after about a year and a half, you know, m- m- both me and my wife were like, no, nah, th- th- this just doesn't feel right. And, you know, I kind of was kicked out of the nest, so to speak. I was now sort of on my own, on my own spiritual path without any kind of guidance. But making, having my own guidance or so trusting in life, allowing life to guide me. I remember I was at, and this is, you know, going back, I was probably, I was still with him at the time, but I was at a um, healing event where I was studying a new modality of healing. And the second day of the event, they ask for volunteers and I go up in a very intuitive kind of modality. And I actually helped a woman to release a condition she had had since she was six years old. And it was very powerful for me that this was the first time where I realized like, hey, this isn't just for my own healing that I can actually help other people with doing this energy work. And I thought, what am I going to do with this? And at the time, I was you know, doing real estate. I was uh, d- trying to do some stuff in green energy. I was a business consultant. I was like, well, I'm a consultant. But now it's like, what do I do? I'm an entrepreneur. How do I make money at this? I was like, okay, I'm just a different kind of consultant. Now I'm the conscious consultant because now I've been awakened. And then I was started to take the things that I learned about energy healing and not just being an energy healer, but also applying it to other aspects and coaching people in a different way and helping people to see the energetic patterns in their life, whether it's in business or relationships or what have you, and, and be able to move forward. And then something very interesting happened, something very unexpected My wife was away one weekend at a conference, supposed to get together with a friend that weekend who disappeared on me. And I get a text from a friend on a Friday afternoon. Hey, Sam, we're having an open house at my friend's place, open heart sacrament community. Why don't you come on out? And I look at the address and it's seven blocks from where I live. And I'm like, I don't have anything to do anyway. Trusting life, just showing up. I don't have anything to do anyway. It's Friday night. Why don't we go check it out? And I get there. and My friend isn't there. There are all these other people there. And there's like nobody there I knew. I mean, there was like one guy I met once who was an acquaintance. But I mean, in the spiritual community at New York, Manhattan at the time, it was very, very rare I would show up at something like this and I wouldn't know anybody. And, you know, I'm talking with the people. I'm um, talk to the guy whose apartment it was. You know, seemed like a cool guy. Waiting for my friend to show up. About an hour and a half later, my friend finally shows up. I'm like, Alex, what gifts? What's this all about? And he's like, well... Um, you know, we do plant medicine work. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, like you heard of ayahuasca. I go, yeah, 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 I heard of ayahuasca. People have been trying to get me to do it for the last three, four years. The idea of puking all night long in a bucket is not my idea of a spiritual experience. And he's like, no, 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 it's much more gentle. You won't throw up. Hey, we're doing a ceremony tomorrow in Brooklyn. Why don't you come? I think you'll love it. It'll be great. Da, da, da. I'm like, no, I appreciate it. But, but no, thanks, Alex. And, 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 and I walk out. And, and I really, I had been programmed by some of the spiritual traditions I had been studying with at the time that doing plant medicine work was bad for you. But I'm walking home the seven blocks from this guy's apartment to my apartment, and I realized, I said, you know what? I don't have anything to do this weekend anyway. I mean, normally, either my wife would be around, we'd be doing something together, or I'd have plans, you know, there'd be something to fill up my schedule. But I literally had nothing to do. And I thought to myself, you know what? I can say yes once. I mean, what's it going to hurt me? I do it once. If I don't like it, I never have to see any of these people again because I don't know any of them except for my friend Alex. So the next day I called my friend Alex. I said, you know what? I think I'll come tonight. He goes, okay, great. I'll pick you up. I'll take you there. And I go to this shamanistic event, a journey. I have a huge experience. I felt like By the end of the evening, I felt like there had been this 1,000-pound weight on my shoulders that I didn't even know I was carrying. And I finally dropped it. And I felt so much lighter. And I felt so much better. And I felt so much for the first time in a long, long time like I was in my heart space. My wife comes home Sunday night. She was in China. I didn't really have much of a chance to talk to her. She immediately starts responding to me differently because she could feel the difference in me and my energy. And so I talked to her. I tell her what happened. I said, oh, they're doing another ceremony next month. Why don't we go together? And she's like, well, I don't know. And again, she's Chinese. And doing the idea of plant work was like totally against Chinese culture So it took a little convincing, but she saw the difference in me. So she was curious. I mean, the good thing about my wife is she was very open. So even if it's, I mean, I used to drag her to, you know, some of my classes or spiritual groups, this and that. And she was always poo-pooing all this stuff. It's so ungrounded. You know, how's it going to help us in day-to-day life? You know, she didn't really see the value of much of it. But this she was curious about. And then she said, okay, I'll go with you like two weeks before. But then like every day resistance started showing up and resistance started showing up and resistance started showing up. Like, oh, you know, I'm so busy. I got reports to do. I got this. I got that. Like, okay. Literally. And she's like, oh, we can't stay overnight. You know, I won't sleep at all if we don't stay overnight. I'm like, okay. I'm like, look, just go. Just try it. Just try it. And literally Day we we're supposed to go. She was like, you know, I can't stay overnight. I don't care. We'll take the subway home together in the middle of the night. I don't care. We have to come home in the middle of the night. I'm like, okay. You know, all of a sudden, I, I, I like there was this calmness or this stillness, and there was this little voice in the back of my head that said, just say yes. Just get her there. Don't worry about anything else. Just get her there. Whatever she says, just say yes. I said, I understand how you feel. Of course. If that's what you want to do, if you want to come back in the middle of the night, we'll come back in the middle of the night. She said, okay. And she came. And she had a huge experience. And in the middle of the evening, in the middle of the ceremony, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so pig-headed. Oh, I'm sorry. I kept saying we have to come back in the middle of the night. Oh, we can stay. Uh..." She was so adorable. (laughs) She was so cute. But she said yes to life she trusted and I trusted and that was four years ago next month and in those four years so much has shifted for me for her for us and you know if you look at my life from the outside compared to four years ago it may not look all that different but inside it feels completely different and this work has affected me so much that I am actually training to become a facilitator in this work. And not only that, but I'm learning other traditions as well. And I'm al- I've am i already started working with people. I've already started bringing people to ceremonies with the creator of this work, the shaman. And there are opportunities coming up about that, around that. But I only got here because I said yes. And what I realized not all that long ago was, like my life, I really love my life right now. I'm so grateful for my life right now. But I wouldn't be here with you today. I wouldn't be the conscious consultant today if I had not said yes to life 35 years ago and had chosen that other college to go to and I hadn't had those experiences then which made me who I am today. And by saying yes to life and by trusting life, life has brought me to a point I could not have imagined 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. Has it been easy? No, a lot of it was not easy. Do I still feel fear sometimes? Of course, I'm a human being. But am I grateful? Am I inspired? Do I see miracles in my life? Yes, every single day. And I love what I do. And I love my brothers and sisters who I work with every day. And, and I am so grateful for all of you watching the live stream who I reach out, like Dell and Bahar. Thank you so much for your comments and thank you so much for all the hearts and love on the Facebook live stream. So this has been my journey. This has been my way of having to trust life. If I've inspired you, if I've touched you, if you want to learn more about some of this work that I do and the events that I do, I do have a mailing list. Uh, for The Conscious Consultant. Um, just email me at sam at theconsciousconsultant, all one word, dot com. Just email me and tell me you want me to put you on my mailing list. I'll be happy to put you on my mailing list and let you know. The end of April, uh, I do have an opportunity if people want to experience the shamanic work um, to come with me and meet the the shaman who created the work and experience. And perhaps you'll have your own thousand pound weight that you'll drop off your shoulders from your experience. I don't guarantee it. I never know what kind of experience people will have. I only know for myself the difference that it has made for me and how much now I feel that I can be this vulnerable before you to people around the world and to open my heart to you in ways I probably couldn't have five years ago. So I hope this story of trusting life has inspired you to maybe trust life a little bit more, to show up, to just say yes to putting one foot in front of the other, and that you'll come back and continue to join me on my journey next week, 12 noon Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.nyc thank you all so much for watching and joining us. Thank you, Courtney. Big love out to you. We will talk to you next week.
1: Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc.
2: Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, And on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. At www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting
1: 24 hours a day.
0: Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?